0: Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three expats discuss education, culture, and life here on the Korean Peninsula. I'm Jack, and I'm here with uh, my two friends, Ryan and Kevin. Guys, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. All right. Excellent. Um, a different chair. So I, I, uh, I want to I tell you guys a story, and then I want to hear what your reaction is to it. And uh, because my, my reaction to it was, was delayed about 24 hours and I'll I'll tell you what happened. So I was uh, I was back on Facebook again because I'm a masochist and I want to punish myself. (laughs) And uh, I came across I'm in this uh, like a Facebook group called uh, expats in Korea. And uh, there was a uh, an urgent uh, COVID vaccination uh, alert that popped up and it said uh, send your ARC number your uh, telephone number, your name, full, you know, first, middle and last name. And if you send it in right now to Seoul Global Center at naver.com, it wasn't even like a, uh, you know, it wasn't like a, an organization or anything or a government, you know, GOV, uh, gov thing. And uh, so like, uh, you know, like the, uh, the desperate uh, person I am to get the vaccine, I was like, yes. And I immediately sent the email with oh, my no. ARC number. Oh, no, Jack, You're officially old, You're officially old, you got duped. I mean, I like to consider Your myself, identity has just been stolen. I used to think, I know, I mean, I, I, uh, I used to, uh, you know, laugh at my parents for these kinds of things because that, this is the kind of stuff my dad would do and uh, considered myself way too savvy to get uh, burned. But uh, 24 hours later, about 24 hours later, it suddenly hit me that I was like, that's a scam. That's a that's phishing. That's It took 24 uh-huh. hours for me to figure uh-huh. that out. So I went back and I looked at the email that I sent and I sent the email to soul global center at maver.com. M M-A-V-E-R.
1: A V E R. Oh not my enough. God.
0: Just by a the the you know a thread saved by my own uh lack of diligence and my own uh, inattention to detail jack
2: so. you you are as the korean
0: say bobble yeah it, it is uh, i would agree with that i even know what that means uh as that, that's a nice nice segue into uh today's topic yeah, by no, the way i try um yeah babo babo mong I, I know that one too um <laughs> that that might be uh that might in, fit. insult
2: and swear words are the first things you always learn in a language
0: yeah right right um the the swears you know it's a funny thing uh when you you know when i hear the swears in korean it doesn't it doesn't do anything you know what i mean like, well, no, that's uh, that's but,
2: something I've read about just in general it's funny when when people swear in another language it doesn't have that same impact, impact. so like when yeah. I, if I swear in Korean people think it sounds you know like really harsh and everything and for me it's just like oh, I'm just saying another word because it doesn't have that same like that connotative meaning that that all of the swear words in English have because we've been using them for our whole lives It'd be like we just that that meaning is built into them in us so yeah swearing in another language just doesn't have the same have, impact as it Have doesn't. you guys
0: ever met a, uh, have you ever met like a, a Korean person who like is bilingual and their English is good, but they swear way too much? Just like every, it's just way like there's too many apps and too many, you know, it's just kind of packed in there. Um, you know, I in, know prepositions, uh, <laughs> it's uh, conjunctions, I mean, had, you know. I've had that
1: with like the clinic, the counseling with the students,
0: you know. When oh, you're
1: just wow. Conversation or like they're working on resume or something like dropping f bombs in the middle of like talking about their resume i'm like bro slow down there <laughs> I mean, not, like i'm still your, i'm still the professor in this room like let's let's you know i don't let's demand settle stuff. it
0: down a bit yeah it's it's weird <laughs> it must be because it doesn't mean anything to them but exactly. the funny thing is it's just like yeah you're like you know slow down there there cowboy uh you're you got to learn how to ride the horse properly before you can you know take it for a spin you know out in the country prairie side whatever but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting um, I, today. The, the topic that I wanted to, uh, that uh, I, I wanted to cover is it kind of goes beyond just, uh, you know, talking about how we, or how we didn't uh, learn Korean, but uh, wh- how we you know, interface with the language in our, you know, day-to-day lives and, uh, and maybe like a good starting point would just be to kind of talk about where you would put your current, Korean level, like, I, I mean, does that, would that be a good starting point, do you think? Like, like, how well do you speak it? kind sets the scheme
2: for, for yeah. how, our, for our listeners, so they can understand where we're, where we're coming from. Right. Yeah, befo- before we, before we do that, I, I'd like to, to tell all the listeners kind of uh, uh, something here that's important to think about for, that I think will frame this conversation, um, and that is to remember that all three of us are, are English teachers here in Korea, and so our, Korean language um, is is at a different, I don't know, overall level, I think, than maybe just the standard foreigner here, right? If you were, if you were asking, like, and, and that depends on what you, how you qualify foreigner here, right? If you mm-hmm. talk to, like, the standard Chinese students, for example, their Korean level is going to be really high. Um, and I, I think on average, English teachers in Korea have a lower average of Korean level than... Than like the average, than the full foreigner, And if you put all foreigners together in Korea and took the English teacher part as a different segment, that that overall group average would be lower, even that. lower and that's because, than like your
0: factory worker from Sri Lanka. I mean that they're oh, yeah. you know, oh definitely yeah
2: definitely because they're they're living and working they're working in a factory where their boss is speaking to them in Korean, right? And and our job is to to teach English in.
1: English yeah but I think, and I our offices isn't speak English I think and that would be yeah. easy for people to understand too right it's, just, it's a good thing to keep in the back of their mind but I think it's intuitive like the language is an asset right I mean it's an asset beyond it being something that's like can be for fun it's an asset and so for us speaking English being here and being English teachers English as an asset supersedes Korean as an asset but for someone who's like gonna work in a factory from Sri Lanka Korean is the asset. If you speak Korean, that's gonna help you tremendously if you're sure. coming from Korea. Whereas for the average hagwon teacher or us, it's not at all required or essential.
0: It's almost um, like a, I, w- I don't wanna say liability for the hagwon teacher, but it's definitely not uh, looked upon positively by most directors that I've met. That what's they, that? The, speaking Korean. Like they, they really don't want you to learn the language. I mean, I almost felt like they, I was actively put. Not that it was like, not, not that I was like trying to learn it, you know. And they were stopping me, you know. But it was just kind of like I was never encouraged by a boss in a yeah. hagwan, at a hagwan to to you know, why don't you learn some Korean? It's it was, we we want to we don't want you to lear, really learn any Korean because we want you to use only English in the classroom because it's like they lo- they want that immersion. You know, they want to create that immersion atmosphere, right?
1: Yeah, I, have, I haven't had that yeah. experience myself. To but some extent, from other teachers I've talked to, mm-hmm. um, I've heard that same story where uh, hagwon teachers, where they were even reprimanded, like, no, 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 don't speak Korean in the classroom. The whole point here is to keep, yeah, the immersion glued together.
0: Yeah. No, right. you, and that, so just, that in the classroom, hundred percent, you should not speak Korean. Like they, yeah, that's right. They made it very clear. But what
1: we do now, we can do whatever we want. So it's different. Yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. But just, just to
2: set the general frame. Although I do think the yeah. English teachers in general have have their English level has increased. And we can get to this later. But um, yeah, just like our frame for how much we need, how much we use, and how we view Korean language is going to be different because of. Our jobs, and because of where we're from, and because of the fact that we are native English speakers. If we weren't native English speakers, we might view this differently. Um, so that's just something that I wanted to put out for for everyone to understand, like a little bit of how we're framing all of this that we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, no, I that's that's great. I think that's important that uh, the people understand, listeners understand that. Um, so with that said, how would you, uh, where would you place yourself in like the uh, uh, in the realm of like Korean speaking ability? Um, because I'm really hard on myself. Like I, I I tell people I can't speak any Korean at all, but of course, if you took like my best friend from high school, who's never traveled to Korea, never, (laughs) you know, wouldn't be able to identify the language and, uh, put us together, then, you know, in the, in the land of, uh, you know, blind, the, the one-eyed man is King. Right. So it's like, I do have some ability, uh, I'll put that in What would you say that you're
2: like, I mean. So the way I, I, I mean, we can do it on like a, a 10 step gauge, you know, one to 10 or just or just keep it simple. There's beginner, intermediate, advanced. And in each of those sections, there's absolute beginner. There's you know middle beginner and there's advanced beginner. And then there's, you know, like pre intermediate. There's middle intermediate. That's kind of so like I how would I put
0: myself in it. like the a middle beginner. You know, I'm like beyond the kind of basic, really basic stuff. Like, I you know, if you put mm. me in a class where everybody's starting from zero then I'll, I'll probably look like, uh, this happened to me in Spanish too, by the way. Like I, mm. you know, I, I, had, I, had a, a, the, I had the beginner level kind of buttoned down, you know, colors and, the, you know, I could make some sentences and things right, like right. that. And so if you put me in that class, I'll probably look like a, you know, superstar for the first, you know, uh, two months of the class, right? But then we'll hit a certain point where I'm just gonna hit the ceiling, you know, where my, I just don't have the, the, I haven't put in the work, in the effort to, to Everyone really is up to you. Yeah, the syntax and and uh, my vocabulary is very limited and stuff like that. So I I, I just cannot have a, a conversation with anyone, even mm. a superficial one. I can just say words and very, very short sentences sometimes right, I'm right. correct and sometimes my grammar is just <laughs> all over the place. Right. You know? So I put myself yeah. middle beginner. What what about you?
1: Um, for me uh and we kind of talked about this before what makes this podcast i think going to be interesting for the listeners is that the three of us all have different um ability level and experience the language and it is kind of one two three um if you've been listening to this podcast probably picked up that kevin speaks korean quite well i'm probably a little bit ahead of jack um i would call myself probably intermediate um i can have basic conversation bludgeon my way through points completely inelegant, completely. I have, for real, like I rely on just memorized uh, phrases that I can plug and go and use. And I'm listening for for keywords. I'm controlling the conversation. I can communicate. But when I'm not controlling the conversation, if someone comes at me randomly and I can't catch a keyword to know what what the topic is, what's going on, if I don't know that that verb, if I don't know what's going on, then I'll stumble to the point where Maybe it'll break down or I'm looking for some assistance to get me through the conversation. Yeah. It some sense. I took, um, yeah. I took. you were talking about being in a class with absolute beginners. I took one class ever in Korean that Kevin recommended to me. And I'm, I'm gonna give a shout out because the guy needs some business. Who knows if this will actually help him. Oh, me, still even there. What's name? What were you? I'm not even gonna say he's a great teacher. He's a teacher. And he's fun. He's really fun. And maybe that's one of the most important things when you're just starting to learn a language. Omija Hagwan, like the Omija berries in Taiwan. So Kevin recommended it to me. I went there and I had the option for like the beginner or the next level up. Um, he took gave me a really brief test and put me in the next level up. And that class was too easy for me. So mm-hmm. he put me to the next level up, which um, I was lost. And I, th- I felt like that level up was maybe Kevin's level, but that's the funny thing. You can't judge someone else's skill level if you're below them, you know? So I really don't <laughs> know. Sure. Like, I mean, you have no idea like what Kevin's level is. I, mean, I can't tell you like people like I can say like, yeah, he speaks Korean really well. I don't really know because, you know, what's the ceiling? Well, you know, right, when, when, you stop, right. when you stop learning you know <laughs> right
2: for for me it's really hard to, to judge yourself as well um I've, I've honestly thought about this quite a bit when people ask like how much do I speak Korean and, and on, I would say to be as as honest as possible I would say my speaking and my listening skills are somewhere between the the intermediate advanced level, like the, the top of the intermediate level and maybe just broaching into the advanced, the beginner advanced level, like somewhere right on there for my speaking skills, depending on the topic that I'm, I'm talking about, right? Like um, I can do, I mean, normal conversation is fine. Talking about politics is pretty tough. I'm getting better at, at hospital vocabulary every time I go into the hospital. Um, <laughs> You're a veterinarian
0: uh, expert, probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: there's, I, I've, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few words I've recently learned about that. I learned recently how to say, I mean, there's words that you probably don't even know. Do you know what uveitis is? It's an eye infection. I know how to say that in, in Korea now, which is not useful, but I have it. Um, so my my speaking and listening, I would say are like right on that edge of of like high intermediate to low advanced, somewhere in, in that range. But what's interesting for me, and I think this is really different between our students, although it's not what we're talking about today, but my reading and writing are pretty shit. My reading and writing are somewhere like straight in the intermediate level at best. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I was trying to read a Um, actually these days I'm trying to read a webcomic, uh, Itaewon class. It was a a TV show that they made about it not too long ago. And that's why I'm reading that webcomic. I saw the TV show. I liked it and I was like, Oh, let's read this. It'll be easy to understand. And every issue that I read through or every episode, every whatever, um, there's probably a handful of words that I'm looking up and I'm using that to study a little bit these days, since I'm not going to any hagwon, I'm looking for new words, I plug those into my Anki deck. Um, and my writing, every time I write something, when I was studying with my teacher, um, it's already been a couple of years at this point, I would give her a writing and it would just come back just covered in red and really simple things that I should be knowing how to do. Because I speak, and I'm in mean, the same with, with you guys, like you don't really do a lot of reading and writing in Korean, um, yeah. and so my, my speaking and listening are much better than my reading and writing. My reading and writing are like, me.
1: I, I really need to work on those. Really at this point. That you just said, your teacher. I forgot about. I forgot about our teacher. So Kevin, yeah, and I, both, I i forgot, which is terrible because she was fantastic. I ended up recommending Omija Hwagwon. Okay. Well, we had a, a <laughs> actual professional Korean uh, professor of Korean
0: language I, at you our. You university. told me about this. Yeah, you said yeah. it was a good experience. So Kevin,
1: yeah. Kevin spent a substantial amount, amount of time with her. I think I did. Mm, I worked with her a lot. And yeah, that having one-on-one and really helped me just to have the confidence to be able to use what I knew. And I remember thinking of it, I think I said this to you, Kevin, like I was so happy after working with her for a couple of weeks, I felt like, um, you know, karate kid, (laughs) right? Wax on, wax off off, and like you (laughs) paint the fence, you know? And he's like, why am I doing this? And then like, you you know, Mr. Miyagi or whatever, he like you know throws some punches and kicks at them. i mean that that's kind of how i felt with the one-on-one teacher she miyagi yeah yeah she's she, she, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah heads up you know things it was like whoa
2: <laughs> yeah she yeah. was really cool i, I worked that's with awesome. her quite a bit yeah. um but yeah so that's where that's where we stand at least we're kind of yeah we are kind of at the one two three level well do you guys do, do yeah. you guys
0: have you ever heard this before have you ever heard of bix and kelps before uh this is uh bix is like no. um it's it's like two it's kind of like two linguistic registers and there's one is a bix is like basic interpersonal communication skills that's your like mm. for lack of a better word playground english right or playground korean you know like when you're hanging out when you're talking and kelps is the uh i, I forget what the kelps one stands for is like the um academic proficiency something like that like uh, uh i forget what the c is maybe like collegiate um uh i forget i i can't remember but it's like the it's like your your college or or what we would say like business english or whatever academic english okay. academic academic language proficiency that's what it stands for um and i forget the c uh maybe uh, somebody can help me out with that but uh your bix and kelps like I've, I've had students that come in and their their bix is really high so they're just like hey what's up teacher how's it going and then when you read their their writing they write the same way they talk speak casually and is that what you're talking about before like when you're writing in korean is like you, you write in a more casual prose that's not necessarily academic um, i
2: i mean to some extent yeah but definitely definitely yeah my writing is is the way i speak um and the way i speak is kind of random And if you know much about korean language um the the grammar in Korean is very um what's the word you can move it all over the place you can you can put the subject at the beginning at the end you can put like the time markers at the beginning or the end of the sentence like you can move shit around all over um and and that's very much where my writing is as well it's kind of all over the place so yeah my writing is is the way I speak which is conversational um okay
0: yeah well I you know and this is this is because like I bring this up because I think there, there is kind of like when you're talking about, can you speak the language? There are these two, I mean, these, these almost two separate entities, right? I just remember it's a cognitive academic language proficiency, kelp, sorry. Yes. So uh, I, I got it. Um, but the, uh, I've had students that, that uh, grew up in like Indonesia. So they speak Korean with their family. Um, they went to an international mm-hmm. school in English. And then when they go and sit down for a professor's like uh, lecture in Korean, they really struggle mm. with like use with the, the big Korean. words they use you know they use these you know right, these, right, these hundred dollar words in uh you know and they're just they're lost a little bit so when we're talking about our, our linguistic linguistic ability in Korean I think we're probably talking more about basic interpersonal communication skills I think in
2: most cases yeah we're, uh, we're talking about how we get by in our daily lives and and where
1: we use it and and, you know, going to the store and, and things like that. Yes, but let's, let, we talked quite a bit about like our skill level and kind of like what we've done to maybe acquire it. But I think more interesting for the listeners is kind of um, what it's like to use language here. Like I find it um, odd, personally, that in Korea, I feel it's easier to not know the language than, say, if I was in... I, I rode my bicycle through Spain. And I was in some rural vi- villages in Spain, and I, I I took one semester of Spanish in high school, and I, I think I got, like, a C. And so I brushed up with, like... What was that app? Kev, what's Duolingo. the app? Duolingo. Yeah, Duolingo. So I got, like, Duolingo, and, like, I, I knocked it out on the plane on the way over. You know, it's like, one of these things. And it was it was okay to, to have fun and joke with people when I'm in Barcelona. But once I got out of Dodge... Um, it's hard. And if anybody's that's listening, if you traveled, you know this. Um, if English is not being used in that area and you don't know the, the local language, you might not be received so well. But in Korea, I feel like um, even when someone has, you know, it could be a taxi driver or whatever, you know, novel situation you get yourself in where you need to use the language and you don't have it. Like you just arrived on the ground. I don't want to tell you, like, don't put in the effort. Like, but if you're coming here for like a weekend, don't don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, felt, mm-hmm. I feel like Korea is unique that way. It's just like super accommodating for yeah. um, so, someone who doesn't know the language. I think that's something that's,
2: that's really interesting about Korean and Korea as, as an English speaker as well. And this is something that actually, it, it kind of, it bothered me for a while as someone who was trying to learn Korean and, and really dive into the culture as much as possible. And I, and I, I was coming from the, the perspective of, I wanna be Korean while I'm here. Right. I want to speak as much Korean as possible. I want people to treat me as if I was Korean. Like I remember when I was living in Europe for a semester um, because I'm just a white dude. right? So I'd be walking, I'd go into the supermarket and, and they would tell me how much money I would have to give them. They would speak to me in Dutch. And of course I didn't understand what they were saying, but I could look at the little register thing and I'd be like, oh, it's that much money. And I would count it out. I would give it to them. And then they would give me change. And they would, I would never speak English in that. And I was like, yeah, I just, I just communicated in Dutch, even though I didn't communicate. I, I felt like I was part of it. Whereas here, partially because of the way we look, um, I mean that's. But then immediately, people here look at you and and I and most of the time they don't speak to you in Korean. I'm sure you guys have experienced. It's like most of the time you walk up to a Korean person, and the first thing they speak to you, even if their English is is broken as hell, they use that broken as hell English instead of trying to speak to you in Korean. Whereas when you're in Spain, when you're in a lot of other countries, um, and whatever happens, the first language that they're going to say to you is going to be their native language. They're not gonna look at you and be like, oh, foreigner, speak foreigner. Um, and this used to drive me really kind of crazy because I was like, why don't Koreans speak Korean with me? I've now gotten over that. And now I, I, I've let that kind of go. I've come to peace with, with Korea. And now, now I basically do, I, I do whatever language they, they choose. I let whoever's talking to me choose the language. If they start with me in Korean, I use Korean. If they start with me in English, I use English. I don't really care anymore. But it did bother me for a really long time um but yeah korea you really don't you can get by really well with without this i kind of lost where i was going for a second there
0: no (laughs) i know what you're saying like
1: the opposite experience of kev like my first international experience well i had i went to germany when i was much younger and i had been you know at a tijuana but like my first time being really immersed in a foreign culture is Korea. so that was my first like, dive into the rest of the world outside of my little you know, comfort zone. And so for me, I didn't have the experience he had, mine was opposite. So I just kind of assumed, I mean, you don't assume it, you don't think it, but my perspective is that, you know, if I'm in a, in a place that's foreign to me, the foreign environment should react to me as if I am foreign. Like, you know, and So it wasn't until after I was in Korea for, I think I, I went traveling after being in Korea for about nine and a half months and yeah, and then that's when I started having those, those uh, things happen when I went to Europe because I can, you know, you can pass, you can blend in and people are just speaking to you in, in the local language. It's like, whoa, it's, it's very immersive. You know, it makes, it makes you uh, feel a little bit better about firing back. You kind of be confident that you're gonna be, that language is gonna be coming at you in every situation. But like living in um, not just Korea, but like especially Itaewon. Oh um, yeah, that's, that's mini international foreignville. Yeah, foreign, it's a village within the city. If you don't know Itaewon, look it up. It's, it's, uh, I lived there for it's like seven years. And oh wow, yeah, if I went to like any peony any convenience store, like one that I don't normally frequent, they don't know who I am. When I walk in, they speak English. They count their change okay. in English. It's
0: like yeah. all in. No, here's the thing that's interesting is you you mentioned before that it's an asset to have the language, but The funny thing is because opportunities to interact and speak English with a native English speaker is kind of a commodity here in and of itself, right? So like any opportunity for someone to do that is kind of, the asset is, it's reversed, right? It's like the asset that we have is our inability to speak Korean and th- their ability to speak English and their opportunity to use that language to have this like conversation. Now, I don't. I, this is uh, this sounds more Machiavellian than I'm making it out to be. It's I'm not saying that they're you know being devious or sneaky or anything like that. But I do think that they kind of uh, there are certain people that are happy to have that encounter. It's like I'm oh, I used. have an opportunity you, you- to use language. and, and whereas yeah. the opposite would be true where I lived in Thailand was Mm. there was no there was no like really feverish English language community it not not the way it is here there was for like teaching kids and I worked at a bilingual school but I had to learn like what do they say um uh invention is the mother of necessity or whatever like the like that's the other way I had did I flip that What, what is it yeah Necessity
2: Sorry. is the mother of invention. Necessity is the mother of invention.
0: Sorry, i uh, yeah, Bandero. I uh, is that uh, backwards, right? <laughs> Bandero backwards, yeah. Okay, um, but uh, we've already established my, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, never mind. Okay, with my my email at the beginning. Um, the uh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, so where I lived in Thailand, it was like you have to be able to get by with you. You ha- we had to learn some. There was like it was like survival English uh, or survival Thai and uh and it just it was and so my we we called it uh taxi tie like that's where i would say mm. my level kind of <laughs> peaked out because i couldn't read the alphabet's very very difficult it's like a i don't know 46 mm-hmm. character alphabet and it looks like um it looks like sanskrit or something it's just a very Thai is a beautiful uh, interesting looking language that's cool yeah beautiful. it's really cool i mean the, the the uh the vowel comes before the or after the consonant, in some ways, where you you are flipping back and forth. I mean, it's just really it's it's interesting. If you ever learn to read uh, uh, Thai, it's fascinating. But but it's not an easy thing. Um, unlike Hangul, like Korean, which you could learn to read in a day if you just sit down. Oh yeah, we can talk about that.
1: We're yeah. to talk about that. We're talking about language, and we haven't mentioned the word Hangul yet.
0: Yeah, like let's Thai. so like yeah, so let's challenge. segue into that. You know, like we well, like yeah. how because i i guarantee you i went the longest without learning to read than most people like i i had to actively try not to, to learn to read that's how yeah and i, how long I will I went say again reading.
2: message message to the listeners as, as jack literally said a second ago you can learn how to read Hangul in a day i've taught a friend how to read it in a day um and and if you're going to be in korea for any period of time longer than just a short vacation um spending the time just to learn how to read the alphabet is the most bang for the buck you're gonna get out of any language course in any language for any country in the world I think because there's so much in Korea and menus and things like that where it's an English word like you can look up and be like "hambalga," but once you know how to read "hambalga" in hango then you're like oh hamburger
1: and I and, uh, yeah I
2: want I want a hamburger I want yeah, pizza and, um, oh, I, want, I want pizza
1: Kevin is not being hyperbolic here. This this is like such, uh, like if you're coming here, for, literally, if you've got a business trip for one day, you can knock this shit out on, the, on airplane. the airplane, yeah. You can do this on the airplane and when you get on the ground, I mean, you can look it up. I think on Wikipedia, it even says, if you look up Wikipedia uh, Korean language, last time I had seen it, it said something like 5% of the common, most common Korean vocabulary is English. So oh yeah those are just like the not just your menu that's in that that's gonna say hamburger that's that's the name of hamburger that's what it is it's that word is it's imported just like we say kimchi we don't say spicy fermented cabbage like we <laughs> imported that so there right. is a ton of um, English around you hiding in Text written the, some of them, them
0: paper will, paper. will throw you for a loop too. Uh, sorry, Ryan, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Uh, sure, my sure. Uh, my, I remember uh, d- uh, driving in the car with my daughter. My daughter's uh, uh, half Korean, and, and my wife is Korean, so um, my daughter's half Korean. And uh, I think you know, culturally, she's probably in her in her mind 100 uh, Korean. You know, her Korean is perfect. She grew up here. She's never lived in the states for longer than a couple months. Um, but uh, we were in the car and uh, she wanted to go to McDonald's. I asked her what she wants. And she said, uh, hurench hurai. And I had no idea what that was. So I'm like, what did you say? Hurench hurai. And uh, it took me, it literally took me three minutes to, to put together, ah, French fry. She wanted French fries, yeah. but it, the H sound is can also double for an F, right? In the right. So I mean, by, yeah. by what I'm saying, by learning Hangul,
2: you're not going to immediately understand every menu item that's in English, but it it'll give you at least 50% if not more. And then and then the more and more you practice with it, the more you'll start to realize that that like. And you say it two or three times in your head and you're like, ah, there the it is. The Aha moments are um, so fun.
0: Movie movie titles yeah. are fantastic. When you're flipping through the, you know, table oh, sure. and you're trying to figure out what movie you're watching. Is it a did they change it to Korean or is it in English? Uh, is it romanized right. or whatever? And yeah, you're trying to figure it out.
2: Jack, I I want to go back to Hangul in a second, but but one question just oh, sure. while we're talking about family, really quick. Um, because you say you speak virtually no Korean, something that my wife has been really curious about when I mentioned that you speak no Korean. How do you get on with your in-laws?
0: Uh yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I love my mother in law. She's fantastic. Uh, she uh, loves me takes care of me. I, I, I love her. Um, but a lot of our communication is nonverbal, you know, like it's uh, or it translated through uh, my wife. So, so mm. I'll, I'll say I really want to tell mom something, uh, you know, thank you for this, you know, really nice meal. But I, I just, I, I don't know if this if you guys have the same experience, but when you're at like my level, the beginner level, you, you sometimes you you go through phases where like I've studied it before with a, a, a Korean friend of mine was teaching me for a while. Mm. We we were You'd doing a language phrase. exchange. And at that time, I really wanted to practice. But then I I get I get the sentence worked out in my head and I'm all ready to speak it. And then when I get into the, the <laughs> yeah. moment of time to, to talk, I just panic and I just oh, yeah. like, and I start too. stumbling and, and mumbling and I fumble it and I mess it up. And, uh, and it's embarrassing and they don't know I'm, what I'm talking about. And, and so I've just gotten so defeated in, in those situations where I just kind of, um, you know, I, I y- y- you know, it's like, if your question to me is like, am I able to have deep conversations with my in-laws? No, I can't because it's just, I'm not, it's my fault. I'm not at that level. And I'm ashamed of it, you know, in a way, because it's like, I think it is a little bit disrespectful, or at least it could be perceived that way from, from their vantage point. It's like, you're a guest in my country. You've lived here for a long time. You don't even have the courtesy to learn the language, but a, a lot of my, I'll, I'm gonna make some excuses for myself and I know they, they're probably not good, but I'm outside of Seoul. So access to like a, a Korean language center where I can learn Korean, it's, there's no, there are no hagwons in my neighborhood for learning mm-hmm. korean um i've uh, i've studied with you know people with with another person we did a language exchange a korean friend of mine um but you know i don't think he'd ever had experience teaching someone i remember the first lesson we had he tried to teach me the present perfect tense like duenda or whatever and he went through all these like uh explanations and i it was just like, if we talk about like ZPD, that was like, you know, uh, X, Y, Z. It was way, you know, it was another planet. And it was just like, I, I don't even know how to have a basic conversation here. In, and in my experience, language
2: exchanges just don't work. They, mm-hmm. they don't. Like, really if, if you really want to learn, you have to pay for a teacher.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: yeah. private tutors are fantastic.
1: Like Ryan my and I were saying earlier. Are always tipped. I've, I've tried way too many, way too many. It's either like I'm robbing the house or I'm just giving it away for free. Like, and it just, it's gonna be that way every week, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. it's one way or the other. Yeah.
2: It's either an English practice or a Korean practice, but it's not a true, like both people are not studying the same.
1: Language exchange is just... just Maybe, maybe at a more yeah. advanced levels, maybe at more advanced levels, you could sit down and be like, um, you know, we're just, we're gonna set a rule. We're gonna just do like full immersion if both people are comfortable with like their current conversational skill. Like they're comfortable enough just to carry on. I think maybe, like Kevin, maybe if you went back at it now, maybe maybe you get some more benefit out of it. But I think for a beginner level, um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like like you know, it's just human nature to default to whatever language is going to be the most comfortable of for speak. Yeah. Like I can remember being in a room with friends that were from Russia, Sweden, and Canada and America and Korea and the conversation it's just sort of like okay first two people are speaking Korean to each other because that's kind of what works best because this person who is native speaking Korean their English is quite poor and this person who's native speaking English can speak Korean quite well so they're speaking Korean and then you know then the Swedish person shows up or the you know the Russian and it's like the whole conversation just kind of like goes to English even though those people aren't introducing a strong English ability it's just it's you know have you had this experience it just happens organically
0: yeah it happens organically no one
1: announces no one announces Organic. let's speak English now you know the russian showed up it's just like you know it just kind of goes that way and so i think like language exchanges they kind of fall into that category because usually at least in my experience and i've tried them it's always been in a coffee shop it's casual you're hanging out you're trying to get your point across you can't express it and then what happens is well so the, you know the person will respond to you in um your language or vice versa you respond in their language saying you know what is it you are trying to say and then boom it's broken yeah there's no long immersion. but i think like at kevin's level again i don't know your level but i'm assuming i think you could get some benefit out of it
2: like, I, I wouldn't still though if i was going to do a Korean oh. class like I, I would still pay for it like i it, i would I, I would get much more out of um, a professional teacher working with me than I would with. <laughs> and I would. With some... I would trust.
1: I would trust you saying that because something else that you haven't mentioned is you've taken some like real class classes.
2: Yeah, and also <laughs> I just have Korean friends that I get together and like have gogi with from time to time, and that that is oh. like, yeah, you know, like that's just that's Korean. That. But no, I have done some proper class classes. My um my Korean learning was weird I, but I, I went to SoGong for a couple of semesters I, I did like a semester took some time off did another semester took some time off I studied with private t- teacher young for a while took some time off say, went to you... yonsei took some time off
1: say, um yonsei.
2: went back to yonsei took some time off did some more private lessons took some time off my, my korean has been kind of on off on off on off for, how many for semesters
1: do you think of real like university classes
2: four. i did i guess four i did two at SoGong and two at yonsei
1: um yeah yeah you've always and, like the value of that experience
2: and, oh yeah no, i know i i think those were great i think i got more out of those than i did out of the private lessons with with our with our private teacher with younga i got more out of those only because those were three hours three times a week so it was nine hours a week so i mean you're just going and that was night classes i wasn't you know I'm, I'm working of course so i was doing night classes those were fantastic i got a lot out of those i would leave the semester and it was just definitely a level up and then i would take a semester or two off and basically let all of that level up kind of sink into my head and then once it became normal, then I would go back into another semester and get that get that level up again. I do think the private teacher with with a proper professional tutor um, per hour of instruction is better. You know, like one hour with with our private tutor was probably worth three hours uh, uh, at Yonsei.
1: It's more efficient,
2: um, but but you're just I mean, if I was doing nine hours with her in a week, yeah, I'd I'd be fluent in in a. In, in a month um but uh yeah exactly like with her it's far more efficient one hour with her equals three hours at yonsei but nine hours at yonsei in a week is just fantastic It's just so much mm-hmm. practice
0: yeah nice. that's interesting that's interesting I, I uh was gonna ask you something and i uh just totally blanked out sorry guys uh someone else oh, uh,
1: we haven't we haven't talked much about also like our our interface with koreans so like For myself, um, when I came to Korea, I learned like the basics. I think I learned the, I think I learned Hangul before I arrived. Um, I was pretty excited. I remember like trying to practice the characters back in Chicago. I was pretty excited to go to a new country. But uh, it wasn't until I got here that I anything with like audio practice, you know, like Mm -hmm. I didn't have like any, any, you know, well, the Pimsler, you know, like the, Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I've got all that stuff. Yeah. I, I,
1: I have it, but I, I never used it. Well, can um, I ask
0: you guys as a question really quickly? Sorry. I remembered I was going to ask you, I mean, is would you put self study in the same basket as like language exchange? It's just like, it's, it's good intentions, but it's, it's baloney. Like, do you know what I mean? Like this idea that you're going to sit down and teach yourself a language I mean, is that really possible?
1: I benefited really a lot in one way specifically and not at all in another. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, for real. So um, okay. after working with I the know. same teacher that Kevin had one-on-one, I kept the textbooks that we were using which were actually so long textbooks, uh, which was strange considering that she published, I think a textbook at our university. But anyway, she- Not until was, after that, I think, but yeah. um, Oh, I have,
0: I have that textbook, the one that they use in, in, uh, at our university. I've actually got that whole set and that's what I started learning with.
1: So um, I was using Sogong books that she had recommended to use in the class. So I had to purchase these. And then after I did my semester with her, like after every semester, we go traveling, leave the country, whatever. And so I just still had the books. And so the lesson was over and I tried working through them. They have some good listening exercises, um, some comprehension questions you can do. It was okay. I just it didn't. It didn't track with me, I just didn't enjoy it. So that didn't work for me. Um, maybe for other people it does, but people I've asked have also said the same thing. It's it's just not as uh, easy to dig into it. The one thing that I was able to claw ahead really fast, in one winter over the course of about two months, I sat down and programmed into Anki app, which is a flashcard app, which if you're trying to learn a language, you should already know about this app. Um, it's the, i got a copy of it somewhere around here. It's 2000 most common Korean words. There's three books in this edition. There's like low, middle, high. It was the middle one. And no, excuse me. It was the, the beginner one. It's the beginner one. So I sat down and I programmed all 2000 words. And I managed to memorize, I think pretty close to about a thousand. Just wrote memorization. This is not using it in a daily basis. I was out of the country. Mm-hmm. So I just like. You know, drill, drill, force. drill, every day. root yeah, brute force this yeah. crap. And um, that was before I really, uh, i rather, it was after that, that um, when I came back to Korea, that I really noticed my ears turn on. Mm-hmm. I was starting to be able to hear things around mm-hmm. me uh, in, a, in a new way, even after having private one-on-one lessons. So I think there is a benefit to getting the basics knocked out on your own. You could save a buck maybe, um, but again, I'm not the expert to talk to. You're probably Kev because you've even done for that, like I haven't done a
2: lot of solo stuff. I've done mostly with other people. I mean, but there are yeah. these days. There's so much online stuff. We mentioned Duolingo a little bit ago. They have a Korean program on there as well, and it's free. And I don't know how good it is, but I know it's gotten better over the past few years from when they first introduced it. Um, and there's just so much stuff online that wasn't even available when when three of us were starting to learn here like i learned the alphabet before i came to korea as well from a website which was fantastic um and but again super easy uh and but i, I couldn't but i'm, I'm also a, i'm a lazy bastard like i i'm not very good at teaching myself anything like i, I tried to teach myself ukulele and I, I failed i tried to teach myself so many things and i just i fail um i need i'm not that kind of learner
0: I need you need like the, the external you need to pay for the I, class so that you're like i'm not yeah. going to waste this money i'm you know, uh, this is going to keep me honest. Me. I, yeah. I need that. I and there I'm are the some way. people that
2: can yeah. do it themselves. Um, and, and I think Ryan's right. I think to some extent you can, there's a lot of things online that will get anyone like a great head start. And, and if you're the one, if you're the type of person out there who can, who can do it. Fantastic. Make it happen. Um, at, at some point, I mean, you would say this to all of your students in English as well, right? Like at some point you're going to need someone to help you. You need someone to speak with. If you want to get speaking practice, it's just, mm-hmm. just part of the language, but. Yeah, you can definitely get a good start on a language through there's so many things online and there's so much these days uh, out there.
0: Well, I would I'll tell you this, like when I first started teaching, uh, even at the university level, taking attendance, Mm -hmm. I had to ask for my attendance sheets in English. So it had Mm -hmm. I had to be written in English, I guess I get that would be that's I think I said Romanized earlier. Romanized is when you write it in English, but it's uh, the other language. Right. So it would be like Kim K I M something and so that it was it took me it was very I I can't believe I was able to function without actually being able to read Korean that was uh, now it's just so much you know I can burn through a list of names and I can you know I I could read signage and stuff like that so I would say like if you're going to take one step instead of shooting for like I'm gonna learn uh, you know I, I met someone once it was kind of like a it's kind of like annoyingly hippie-ish person who's like, uh, I want to dream in Korean, you know, and like before <laughs> she ever learned anything. And I was just like, uh, why don't you learn to read first? You know what I mean? Like that that's the, that's my new philosophy is like, I, I would say, learn the, just learn to read and start getting used to reading the signage. And like you said, there's a lot of English embedded in the Korean. And then you start to kind of notice the, the patterns that you can kind of uh, yeah. generalize them to larger uh, patterns and, and put things together. Um, yeah. But there's one, oh, sorry, go I, ahead, yeah. I, I also want to just add,
1: like talking about methodology for learning language. Again, I'm not great with speaking foreign languages, so I'm not an authority on it, but being abroad for so long and being immersed in the world of language learning, um, I've asked so many questions of other people that have been very successful. And one person in particular stands out to me, it was a person that I met in my first year in Korea um, And he could speak fluent French, fluent Spanish, um, I believe Russian. He had poetry published in uh, in India. I'm not sure which language, though. Um, Jeez.
0: Straight up and polyglot was, right there.
1: And, yeah. And he was yeah. fluent in Korean in under two years. And he was <sighs> famous around. Hey, this is in Busan. He yeah. was famous among all the Koreans because he could speak with like, you know, the, the perfect intonation. He could imitate different different uh, types of people in Korean. He could be like the old man. He could be the young teenage girl. He he understood it on that level. So I asked him, um, you know, what it felt like to be, you know, talented. Basically, like, you know, know, that's that's such a gift, such a power. Like, you know, what are you going to do with this talent? And he just threw his head back and laughed. He's like, it's not a talent, you dipshit. He's like, it's not it's not about talent. It's not some it's not some golden thing. I said, well, how'd you do it? How do you do it? And he said, the truth is, for me what I did was I attack it from every angle. So I'm never bored. I always uh, thought that was kind of a clever thing to say. And again, I can't yeah. think because I haven't tried that, but yeah. I haven't, I haven't uh, applied that principle. But um, I, I think there's many ways to, to skin a cat, basically. So his, his point was like, when I wanted to learn Korean, he, he said he made a point to um, never use English unless it was absolutely necessary. He was a hagwon teacher, so he had mm-hmm. to use it in other situations. But otherwise, he only used Korean. Um, if he got bored with memorizing on flashcards, then it was like, turn on the radio. You know, the song's irritating you, then flip on the TV. If you don't like that, pick up a book. Just stare at it. Like just always something, something, something. If that irritates you, get down, take a walk on the street and just try to listen to everyone. Um, so that, that was his methodology.
0: And that's interesting, yeah. That, that kind of goes back to what we we're talking about the last, I, we touched on this like a couple of times in the last few weeks is like be putting yourself in a flow state where you're not bored and, and you're, and you're reaching just outside of your, your ability. So you're challenging yourself, but it's not too difficult that you get frustrated and it's not too easy that you get bored. And so you're just kind of working your way on that line all the time. And it sounds like that guy has kind of mastered, maybe not, he's applied it towards language, but he probably could apply that to woodworking or just about anything else, you know. He's he later became a people. lawyer. So yeah, I, right, because he was bored, you know, like I'm gonna, I mean, there is yeah. like, I, the guy probably laughed, but there is a special quality there. I mean, let's be honest. There is too. He's not too. your yeah. average run of the mill dude. You know what I mean? Like, there's, oh, he, he was a peculiar
1: and, guy, very peculiar,
0: I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought he was
1: actually a really, he was a really cool person, very fun, but yeah. He, his personality to me just seemed like childish sometimes. I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. I I often wondered if that helped him in the way that he like engaged with people. Sure.
0: Because how does a child, a a child acquires language? They don't even learn it. They just, you know,
1: goofy curiosity. It's almost inappropriate. Like for an adult, you know, the way he just like, would you know, ask people about themselves and stuff. So I I think that helps too. So it's personality. If you're really introverted, learning language is going to be a lot harder than if you're very extroverted. I think that's a, foregone conclusion for everyone.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, I wonder, I, sometimes I, I kick myself a little bit because I, I've want, I wonder if I've squandered a year and a half of COVID by not, you know, going, attacking Korean voraciously, you know, Um, and, and making that a priority. But, but I think that I kind of answered my own question when I said that it's for whatever reason, I don't know why it's not a priority for me, necessarily, and I mean, you
2: you prioritize whatever you want in your life. For me, it was a priority when I came to Korea for some reason. I came here, I guess, also with the attitude of, and this almost feels very um, like Republican attitude of if you're in my country, you're gonna speak my language, right? Like I would feel (laughs) if people were in the States, they would speak English. And so I kind of was like, well, if I'm gonna go to Korea, it's just rude of me to not speak Korean. Um, And so my kind of goal the entire time I've been here is to stay above the curve and I feel that the curve of English speakers learning Korean is is increasing more and more and more and this is something actually that might be interesting to talk about like, how have you guys seen foreigners Korean korean language level in foreigners how has that changed over the past decade or so right like a decade ago there were very very few foreigners who spoke korean these days there's tv shows where all of the
0: hosts are korean that's the, what i was going to mention is there's so much tv right. now there's so many of those like uh, they, they've become famous they're 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 stars now essentially celebrities yeah, um,
1: primarily for speaking the language uh, and also, also also just like immediate friends and coworkers and stuff like that. Jackie was saying something about having uh, like uh, the attendance sheets romanized or whatever. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. feel like when I, when I came to Chungang in 09, 2009, I feel like we had a lot more of our interfacing with the administration was in English. I feel like someone did that for me, too. I feel like I've seen... Yeah, I think it was a choice. You could
0: get it romanized. You could have it written yeah, in Korean. To today,
1: like if you want to put your grades into the system, whatever, yeah. I mean, on, we have like two different systems. There is the one website that does like the attendance website has that English tab, but it doesn't really translate everything. But if you want to use the portal website, which we all have to for basic inputting of grades and navigating, finding your paycheck, looking at your, you know, your uh, health insurance, everything else, everything's in that website. That's all hango and there's no assistance isn't sure. there? I thought portal had an
2: English version. I never use it but I, I thought it was I mean, a I mean, function I that it'll
0: change over a little <laughs> bit but not it doesn't translate everything so I mean it's pretty you know there, there's a lot you have to have a certain the threshold has incre- has, has gone up is what you're saying like yeah. minimum of, the minimum the minimum required Korean when I first started was just through in the basement. Like yeah, they, I'm not.
2: I'm not things. saying that the minimum required Korean. I still I actually. I think the minimum required Korean to live in Korea is actually less than it used to be. I think Korean people's English ability has gone up, and so you can live and you can travel in Korea with even less Korean than you could have 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying that the the average amount of Korean spoken by foreigners in Korea yeah. has gone up, and so there's often. Korean is often expected more. Whereas 10 years ago, people would see me and see foreigner and never speak to me in Korean. Never. The Mm -hmm. first language out of their mouth would always be like, um, hello, you know, terrible English, but they would, they would go with English. Um, whereas today sometimes, you know, I'm in some supermarket in some random part of town and the first words that they will say to me will be in Korean, you know, do you need help with something? And they'll speak to me in Korean. I think that the, Mm -hmm. the expectation has changed i think i could still get by if i didn't speak korean i could still just be like you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna bludgeon my way through with this in english and it would work probably better than 10 years ago but the expectation that i might speak korean now as a white dude in korea has changed
0: but i i don't feel judgment though i that is something i think that i have to i have to uh commend the culture or the, the society for not they i don't they no one's ever made me feel bad because I couldn't speak Korean. I've never I've never I still been think, like punished, I, you know? Like like So I, I think there's an interesting like culture history from this. Actually, in my
2: last Korean class when I was at Yonsei, we had to do um, like a research report and present it in in the class in Korean. And and my topic was basically on like why don't Korean people speak Korean to foreigners? Like this, because like again, I used I, I was saying this used to really bother me. I wanted to be spoken to in Korean. And, and my methodology and results were kind of bullshit, but the one thing that uh, the teacher said to me after the conversation, after my presentation, was basically that a lot of it has to do with just the, the, the background of, of English speakers in Korea, which is that English speakers in Korea were i mean i'm sure you've met the older dudes in korea right who are they, they look at you, you i guarantee this happened to you at some point or some older dude looks at you and they're just like american and they like thank you for being american because america came in yeah and helped that's the an country. uncomfortable
0: moment yeah it is really weird <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but but
2: that's the thing is that uh, up until very recently still a lot of korean people i think um there was still just this kind of Stereotype that that well one that all Amer- that all white people are Americans first <laughs> off, um, but but second, uh, because you're American, you speak English, and and you're the country that kind of helps their country, and so they want to to be helpful to you as well. And I do think Korean people are helpful in general. And we can talk about that on another topic, but mm-hmm. but focusing on on the language part, it it's really I think that they. They view English as it's this global language that they want to have, but it's also the language of these people that came in and kind of uh, helped their country to build up and save them in the war and and things like that. And so there's this respect that they automatically give, and they they don't push the Korean in the same way that other countries might.
0: But that and that's like you said, the very generational thing, an older generation thing, is that Again, I, that's, that's not I the sentiment of changing. the younger generation. Yeah.
2: No, I, I definitely think it's it's changing today. Now, though, now you you meet young people on the street, and they might speak English to you for a completely different reason.
0: Right. Um, yes. Well, exact. I, I do. You, do you ever have? Uh, have you guys ever? Well, I guess because your your experiences are different, but uh, have you ever gotten roped into uh, this? Is like when you're a hagwon teacher into like a dinner, like. Uh, but it's a but it's ostensibly a dinner invitation, but really what it is is a private lesson for their kid. So it's like, you know, a dinner invitation, but uh you go talk to uh, you know, Junyoung right now. Go 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 talk to Junyoung. Uh use English. Don't use you know, it's like uh wait a second. I thought we were having galbi, you know? And yeah. so there was, you know, that that's that's happened to everybody I know. That you know, the, a lot every hagwon teachers had that experience, you know. I don't think I I don't think I've been roped into that one yet um yeah i haven't had that but I'm, I'm sure we've all had
1: <laughs> no funny
2: experiences like that though
0: you kind of feel, yeah. you're sitting there and you kind of feel like i got horn swoggled a little bit you know it's like i, I thought it was, I was... It
1: was just like too, too dense to notice i'm like wow everybody <laughs> loves me at this party yeah everybody yeah
0: yeah 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 it's uh it's it's a it's not so much a uh maybe things are changing you know what i mean it's just like yeah. It's it's so different than it was 20 years ago when I first came here too, um, and uh, I, I think uh, opportunities to interface with people that speak English and the and there's so and the, just the media landscape has changed so much too. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much there's so much English in there's there's so much input that you can find out there um, that I, I think that it's it's really changed as opposed to like 20 years ago when you you know you had to kind of resort to sneakier things like that if you really wanted to get an opportunity to talk to uh, you know, right. a native English speaker, it's, really it's funny. Easy. as
2: we're saying this I just realized that there's this kind of like this, this juxtaposition of it where there's more and more people speaking English today in Korea and you can get by as a traveler in Seoul if you're listening to this just as a traveler you can come here for a weekend and never have to worry about Korean at all just go up to see a young person if you ever need help finding a subway station go up to a young person and you'll be fine and so you can get by with less and less and less korean i think these days but at the same time there is an expectation for foreigners who live here to have slightly higher levels of korean than there was a decade ago i think there's a weird mix of that there that that i i just realized and i'm not sure how to explain it Mm -hmm.
0: well let's let's like kind of uh kind of head towards the, the end a little bit here to, by, by going back to that article. So there was a Korea Times article by, uh, I don't want to get his name wrong, David uh, Tizard. And uh, his, uh, basically the thesis of his article, uh, his editorial, um, and uh, the title of that one is, um, let me see if I can uh, find it here. Um... Well, I'll put it in the uh, show notes so that uh, everybody mm-hmm. can see it. It's it's the the title is "Can You Speak Korean?" That was the uh, the title of his uh, uh, of his article, and uh, this is in the Korea Times, and uh, he he was saying that uh, there it's not that someone like me doesn't have anything to offer uh, in terms of my uh, experience mm-hmm. and my understanding of Korea. Is that there there probably is something that I can offer. But it would be much more nuanced, and um, it would it would be deeper and more nuanced if I actually spoke the language. And so, let's just just as like as a quick comparison, because all three of us are kind of on different steps, you know. Like, uh, and I'm on the you know bottom rung here. But um, do you and Kevin, you you probably speak uh, Korean uh, the best of the three of us. Um, Do you feel like you've learned something about the culture, about uh, the society, because you have done uh, such a deep dive into Korean? And and Ryan, I would ask you the same question. Like, has your, um, and I'll I'll start with my own anecdotal uh, 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 position quickly. And I've noticed that there's like, just in the um, the honorifics aspect of the culture and the language really reflects in the culture. Like I can see this the the hierarchies of you know someone's older than you, um, you're going to use John de which is the highest level of respect, the 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 highest is that right? The the highest honorific uh, well, in there, the language. That's, there... I think I think No
2: would be technically higher, but John de is kind of yeah, they're both okay. Like the same. Thing. So, so there's this
0: it's... there's this way to to speak where you're using different endings that is very respectful within the, the language. But I would say that translates to other aspects of, of the culture, like just drinking, you know, like I, I've seen younger people turn away when they take mm. their shot of soju because it's, they're not facing the older person. They're, they're drinking. They're just lots of these little things that you notice that you pick up and it's like, oh, okay, these are, show, these are signs of respect for people that are older. And I'm just wondering and, if you have, you know.
1: Add, add to Jack's point there, th- that's a pretty cool thing to be able to realize. Like, okay, so uh, probably many people know this already. If you don't, Korea is um, a Confucian-like based society. And you could say still because there's not much of that going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. and you can see it in social behavior the way people um address each other it could be turning your body and taking a shot of sh- shot of soju or the way you're handing a document to somebody et etc cetera, etc cetera. there's a bunch of these gestures and if you're new to korea you're going to see this it might be easy to dismiss that as being like oh that's just the way you behave here like we see this in all sorts of cultures you know like italian people speaking with their hands you know <laughs> there's, there's reasons for this stuff there's reasons yeah. and what's neat about korean language once you crack through just that first point of being able to see like the, the difference between like Bon mall, et cetera. Like when you realize that it's not just the behavior that is um, just here by default, like through history, but it's actually embedded in the language. Mm-hmm. I don't know for me, that was a real, real, like cool thing to understand. It was like, Whoa, this is not something that's going to be separated any day soon. This is like, this is deep
0: this in is the on the molecular screen. level it's in the dna of i mean it's in the yeah. it's in the that's language it. man the and DNA. the language that survived a 30 year occupation where the, the 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 official language was japanese but it's this this the survived i mean it it uh yeah. same like english that's a, a comparison i could make between the two is that uh, the Norman eva- invasion of, uh, in, in, of, of France uh, uh, oh, yeah. attacking England, English survived underground, you know, on the, mm-hmm. on the, on the, on the, the ground level. And Korea has a, a, a similar history like that. And so I think that the two languages share a kinship in that um, there's something it's beyond just language. It's, it's beyond utilitarian. It's, it's part of the soul, you know, of, of the society. And, uh, but but anyway, Kevin, I'm sorry, I, I uh, uh, did give you a chance to uh, give your interpretation. I, um, the think of
2: specific examples is, is tough, other than obviously the, like, yeah, the language things and the label, like, once you start understanding that you start to see people at different levels automatically, it's like, oh, older people, just, they, they are at this one level above, you start to see that differently. Um, there's obviously all the family words, you start to see people kind of as together, you see friends as, as you know, like older brother instead of just that that buddy I know, right? It's it's young or whatever. Um, I think another specific example, the one that I could think of though, would be idioms. Once I started to learn some idioms and being able to understand them, idioms are really cool. I love idioms in Korean and, and how, once you understand like, cause we've got the same idioms in Korean or in English, you know, instead of the grass is always greener, it's, um, Oh, right. It's my, my, my friend's mm-hmm. rice cake is bigger mm-hmm. than mine.
1: Sure. Um, bigger?
2: Bigger. Um, yeah. And uh, and so understanding, like getting these idioms and, and hearing the Korean version of it. And some of them are that we have the exact same one. Sometimes it's a different one as well. But, but getting that idiom and being like, oh, that's a cool insight into the culture that that's why this means that thing is great. And then there are also other things. There's jokes. There's things I see on TV. And again, I'm far from fluent. But there's things I see on TV that I just kind of get it a little bit because like if I had to have my wife explain, or if I was looking at the Korean, the English subtitles, I wouldn't understand exactly what it meant. But because it's in Korean, because I understand what the Korean is saying, I understand the reference to it as well. And so, yeah, I do think, although I do think you can understand Korean culture without the language to, to some extent, I think this is true for many countries. Understanding the language will get you deeper into the culture.
1: Yeah. And I'd like to add one more thing to this beyond like enriching your experience through, um, you know, uh, the way you're describing, you're describing this, you know, this ability to understand the culture more deeply by understanding the language. It's a little bit academic, but there's also some benefits to engaging with the culture that can give you a a more, not more positive experience, whatever, just a more experience. If Mm. you like, for example, I find it um beneficial and just fun to know some esoteric things like esoteric vocabulary so like kevin's often teased me about how i know more names for fish than he does which is ridiculous because he speaks korean so much better than i do but it's because i took the time to sit down and memorize like all the fish in the market because i like cooking and it it Okay, so what's the point of that? Like, I'm not going to become a fishmonger. I'm not going to like, you know, <laughs> trade yeah. but with the, the value of it, the value of doing something dumb like that and just having this little pocket of information is then when I go to the market, I can just totally in, like blow people's mind for in, in, this, in the cheapest way. It's so cheap of a, of a of a moment, but it gets gets people to engage with you. You get to have a moment with them. It gets to take down the veil of like the, the the discomfort of, you know, being other, you know, foreigner, you know, not, you know, language. All, the whole wall just comes down. If you can like, you know, crack a joke in their language, it's like the cheapest way to crack a joke is to be able to use the terms that they do not expect the foreigner to know mm-hmm. in that Situations. So I, I like like yeah. for me like for that it's, it's cheap and easy and anybody can do it it's
0: and fun. that's the that's the heart of comedy is 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 defying expectations right they you know your sure. expectations for you to not know and the fact that you can pull that out i'll, I'll finish this with a with really a funny anecdote that that uh, my my daughter had uh, uh tonsillitis uh quite often when she was younger and so when she was uh, uh i can't before five or six years old we were in and out of the hospital all the time and uh so finally, I got to the point where I was like, well, why don't I just learn the uh, word for tonsillitis in Korean, which is uh, pyondosan sun yummy pyeongdo yum yum is like infection and pyondosan is the uh, tonsil, and so tonsil infection. Yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I went to, uh, so I went into the, uh, to talk to the doctor and usually they send, uh, at this hospital, they'll send an English speaker up, uh, they, they have like a special service where they have a translator and they'll come up and and help you. But, uh, I, I was, uh, already, I'd prepared my sentence and everything. And I go, you know, my daughter has a tonsillitis and, uh, the, the translator came in and the doctor's like, we don't need her. This guy's fluent. His Korean is amazing. And then I was like, no, 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 wait a second. Uh, back the truck up there a little bit, but, uh, it was, uh, yeah, you, you gotta be a little bit careful when you're, uh, you know, uh, showing that's, off your skills or whatever, or lack thereof. That's, that's a funny thing. I'm
2: sure you've all had that experience as well. You walk into a store and you just say hello to someone and they're just immediately like, oh, you're Long fluent.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it'll <right> wave. <laughs> it comes down. I,
2: I, I want to add, I want to do one final thing. I'm gonna put you guys on the spot for, for something. I think that's just could be a fun thing to end with. Can you think of a time, a success story that you've had in Korean, even at a very low level? And I'll give you my, my success story. And this is from years ago when my Korean was shit at the time. But I think it's just kind of a fun thing to, to end with here. And this was the time that I, I first ordered a pizza in Korean. And my Korean was terrible. I'd only been in Korea at this point for a year or so. Um, and I remember I woke up one morning after drinking a bit too much the night before. And I was like, I'm hungry, but I, I can't go out. And and I, I just want pizza. And so I looked up Domino's um, on the web and I was like, okay, here it is. And I remember when I called, um, like, I... I I was very, as Ryan was saying earlier, it was a very one-sided conversation. Um, I just called. I I was like, "Pepperoni pizza, no soda, this address. Thank you." And that's all I said. And I I didn't. I didn't answer a single question. It was just, just information. I want this. Here's my address. And that was the greatest
0: interaction that person ever had. Uh, You know, (laughs) like this most succinct. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. I've definitely done Remember
1: praying? You're just praying that it works. You're like (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Come yeah. on, bring that pizza,
2: baby. <laughs> when it showed up to my house, you have no idea how excited yeah. I was. Because yeah, I, I hung up and I was just like, "Okay, I think they got it." I, I I think. And then 30 minutes later, there was a pizza at my door, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I'm brilliant!" Um, and that was my like first success story in in Korean. And even though my Korean was terrible at the time, I, I communicated and I felt really good about it. So you don't have to be fluent to make communication happen.
1: Yeah.
2: Can well, you guys think of any? There's a couple situations. situations
1: where I would draw the line. Like I I pushed I pushed the envelope on that one a little bit. I, I tried doing some banking up over the telephone at one Ooh. point in
0: time. Yeah. And that's and that that's was, dicey. <laughs> a lot of sta- I, I, high I, stakes there.
1: <laughs> I, I got about like like maybe 90 seconds into the conversation, and I could just feel myself sweating.
0: And I was just like, <laughs> I was like I just hung up. <laughs> just hung up. Never abort. mind. That that was... not <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah, cancel uh,
1: everything I, I just said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chiso, is that cancel? Cancel. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, I. There was a time, like I think I mentioned before, where I was actually kind of st- self-studying, and I was doing a language exchange. But I was I was writing these really short paragraphs, and so I was kind of immersed in it, uh, real basic Korean. Oh, nice. And uh, I was heading back to America, and uh, my. Uh, for whatever reason i my wife and my daughter had already gone and i was coming later uh at a later date and so my mother-in-law was very graciously drove me to the airport and uh, i remember successfully explaining to her that um i because uh i was bringing stuff for my daughter and and my wife yeah, yeah. like some uh kim like uh ramen and everything that the weight was uh i i had to put a lot of my leave a lot of my clothes out of the suitcase mm. and anyway I just nice. it was a kind of a it was a little bit of a elaborate conversation but I was very proud that I was able to explain to my mother-in-law that I had ditched my clothes uh because the weight <laughs> limit and to bring ramen and some other you know stuff uh for them and uh and so there is it's almost like a childlike uh pr- like pride when you're yeah. when you when you successfully to have a conversation like that even though it's it's broken and it's all messed up but it's like being understood you, you made feels understanding good. you made communication
2: happen even if yeah. it wasn't done well it yeah that, it's it's a fantastic
1: experience One of, yeah, one, of my, one of the most valuable and probably one of the worst phrases that i ever learned because it's terrible for learning further is to be able to say like someone like basically it's difficult it's difficult for you to explain so <laughs> yeah so Yeah, you can drop at any time and just kind of like end the conversation. But I respect (laughs) you because you spoke Korean. You know, so it's like it's like you're doing something. It's like a very
0: elaborate way to say never mind. Never mind, (laughs) irritating you right
1: now, but I'm not going to explain myself yet. You're going to accept that because I spoke
0: Korean and that's kind of cool, right? There you go. (laughs) There you go. All good. (laughs) All right, Uh, Ryan, give it to us one more time. What was that? Selmyung so, so so, so Hada is to explain, okay. and okay. wild is to be difficult. There you go. That takes us right into the closing tonight. Perfect. Perfect ending to the podcast. Uh, that's it for tonight, everybody. Don't forget to uh, hit the subscribe uh, button on YouTube. Um, you can hit the like vi- button if you like the videos. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast, if you're downloading it or listening on uh, some of the major platforms, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Pandora, uh, Spotify. And uh, if you really want to help us out, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. That's, uh, that's huge for us. That really helps us out. And uh, we would love to get some listener mail. So please send us an email at thesoulpatch at gmail.com. That's uh, the soul seoul patch at gmail.com and uh, take care everybody we will see you next wh- next week at the patch have a good night thank you good night Cheers.
1: I like to pay a couple respect to the people that made me what I am today gear this all my love it's all my love
0: the climb man. It's all my love. It's all my love.
1: Open me, Jim. It's all my
0: love. It's all my love.
2: It's all my love. It's, it's, it's my hey all my love. Hey, Bobby. Let the bass go. <laughs>